You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and today we are back talking about abortion. We have done a number of episodes in our abortion series, and the need to continue talking about it has never been greater. Luckily, up to the challenge. So here's what's interesting. After the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, of course, the national abortion debate has been raging. Herschel Walker, abortion bans, protests, midterm elections. You are probably hearing a lot about abortion right now, but I bet you didn't think that the abortion debate was coming to California. It has come to the San Clemente City Council recently. This happened in August over the summer. And more recently, it came to the Temecula City Council. You know, when New York or California people comment on abortion rights, a lot of times they're saying, but we're safe, but we're safe here. And I think as evidenced by these recent situations in San Clemente and Temecula and who knows where is next, this is truly a national debate. And I wanna show you how it is trickling down to the most unlikely places. Right now, the, the public policy issue is, is, since the Supreme Court said Roe v. Wade is ineffectual, and the issue is now to be decided, the life issue, an abortion issue, is to be decided by the states, our right. state legislature. Right. My request is to have the city council consider a resolution basically supporting the concept of life. Okay, and that is a city council issue that the city of San Clemente How? How it's is a, that a city issue? Well, it's a city issue because... The issue now is in our jurisdiction. It's in the state of California. And we, we haven't, we can influence, we can communicate with our government, with our legislature, with our assembly members, with our senators on what, on what we like and don't like. We do that on lots of bills, lots of laws. And, and, and this is a big one for our. We only do it on, on ones that uh, are city business. But I remember years ago, you, I believe you came up with a motion that you wanted um, the city council to take a position on marriage that's between a man and a woman. And I believe it was shot down at that point. So now you're taking a position on abortion. I'm asking this city council consider, to consider that. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not going to because, again, it's not a city issue. And I'm you're just gonna asking get, it to be agendized for this. It's going to cause a lot of problems with the council. City Councilman Steve Knobloch is the one who brought forth the Sanctuary for Life proposal in San Clemente. And it did indeed cause a lot of problems with the council. At the next meeting, they heard public comment and there was a lot of contentious public comment. So public comment took place during the San Clemente City Council meeting on August 6th. And then later in that meeting, it was put to a vote and the city council voted three to one to withdraw the proposal from the agenda for an upcoming meeting, which essentially killed Knobloch's proposal. But it did give another city council person in another Southern California city a really good idea. And not too long after that, just a little over a month, at the Temecula City Council meeting on September 13th, 
There curiously started to be a lot of people from the birth choice organization who stood up during the public comment portion and launched into a pro-life spiel. And it all started right here. Um, good evening. My name is Debbie Ayton. I'm the RN nurse manager of birth choice in Temecula. Abortion has become a panacea and normalized in our society. It can be the result of pressure and fear. Options to abortion are being left completely off the table. A few people later, Pastor Tim Thompson, who you're going to hear referred to again and again, stood up and he made a statement. There is something that's said in Psalm 139, verse 14. It says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think the four of you, I, again, I don't know about you, but four of you profess to be Christians. I think we can all join in agreement on that, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's something about life that is intrinsic to the values of a Christian, something that we hold near and dear. And then to wrap up public comment, the CEO of Birth Choice stood up and she made a comment as well. Good evening, guys. Thank you so much for hearing us today. I'm Jeanette Chen, the CEO of Birth Choice Centers. And as you can see, this is something that's very heavy upon our hearts. Then later in the meeting, it became suddenly clear what all of that public comment had been about. City Councilperson Jessica Alexander made her proposal for Temecula to become a sanctuary for life city. Here she goes. All righty. Over the last six years, our city has adopted themes such as Temecula Cares, Temecula Strong, Love and Family First. I know that each one of us here on this council is committed to these themes and strives to integrate these concepts into the heart of Temecula. As city council members, it is our duty and our obligation to ensure that our city operates in excellence. As city council members, we took an oath to protect against enemies, foreign and domestic. We have been elected to protect our residents by recognizing and responding to all types of harm. My question here today, isn't the City Council of Temecula obligated to fulfill its oath? Are you willing to stand up against all forces to protect every Temecula resident at all costs? We need to remember that just because something is a law does not make it right. I know that there are some who would question whether protecting our unborn is a state matter or a city issue. This is our city, and what happens in our city is our responsibility. I say to you that a precedent has already been set here on our dais to take back local control. For example, at the beginning of the year, a subcommittee was created to fight against the state's mandates and its overreach, as well as other occasions where city council has supported its autonomy from the state. This council demands local control because we have been elected to do what is best for our city. Which brings me to my next question. Are we willing to stand up and fight for every resident, including the unborn babies who are voiceless? Let us be the first city in California to make a stand. Let's mark our city as a sanctuary city for Temecula's unborn. This fight has been brought to our doors because of Sacramento's overreach. Let's stand up for righteousness and justice. In order for change to occur, it takes only one to stand and speak up for truth. Let that one be the city council of Temecula. Let us be the light in the valley and the voice for the voiceless. In Temecula, a woman has a choice to terminate her pregnancy within just miles of her home. 
Unfortunately, today there are even more options to terminate an unborn human being by receiving an abortion pill in the mail. Is that what we want in Temecula? I say, let Temecula be known as a safe haven, not as an abortion sanctuary. Let the world know that Temecula stands for life, from womb to tomb, and that we stand against bills such as AB 1666 and AB 2223. These types of bills will not only destroy our city, but it will also destroy mankind. The lives we stand for today may be a future city council member, a deputy sheriff's officer, a cashier at Trader Joe's, a Temecula Valley High School special education teacher, or even a mother or father raising their kids in the safest city in the nation. As Mayor Matt Ron says, let us climb to the highest levels of public safety for Temecula. I would like to add, let Temecula be the city that everyone wants to emulate because we choose every human being's safety to be our number one priority. Council members, I implore you to vote to advance this discussion in order to create a resolution to be a sanctuary city for Temecula's unborn. Please vote yes today in order for us to have this discussion and bring forth a resolution that will protect our city and its people. Thank you, the four of you, for your time and consideration. So that is where it all started in Temecula. And next, I am going to take you inside the September 27th Temecula City Council meeting and show you how this process unfolded. All right. Uh, Let's go ahead and start the city council meeting. So in a beautiful moment of clear separation of church and state, they started the city council meeting with an invocation from a chaplain from the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Dear Lord, I thank you for the many blessings you have given to this city, especially a blessing of these good and dedicated leaders. I pray that, dear Lord, you help them to make decisions that are always in the best interest of the community. So the chaplain finishes the prayer. In your holy name, I pray. Amen. Then the meeting commences. They do the roll call. Councilmember Alexander. Here. Councilmember Edwards. And this is obviously what everyone (laughs) in attendance is there for. People don't normally attend boring-ass city council meetings unless there is something noteworthy on the agenda. So they move ahead with the public comments for the non-agenda items. And I'm presenting these to you abridged. So... This was like way longer. I'm just giving you the highlight reel. Good evening, esteemed council members and Ms. Alexander. Here we are once again mired in a needless controversy, a public embarrassment being bashed on media sites, a pariah on the brink of being sued by the state of California because Ms. Alexander continues to use her position to further her own tabloid ambitions and push her personal ideology on the citizens of Temecula. In doing so, she has shown that she is a hypocrite and cannot heed her own advice regarding the role of city council. 
On June 14, 2022, Ms. Alexander submitted a video to be read before an affirming proclamation being given to local high school LGBTQ plus and ally groups. This video included a meandering diatribe on the role of a city council. She stated that your job as city council members is to enact, quote, policies that protect the well-being of your citizens and develop, quote, boundaries and structures to allow residents to thrive and prosper in peace. In this homophobic rant, Ms. Alexander went on to remind the council that being concerned with an individual's private behavior is not a part of the city council's job description. Ms. Alexander, you sit on a dais, not a pulpit. And in your private life, you can answer to any God you want. But you chose to be a public figure that represents the people of this town, of the district you were elected to represent, including the LGBTQ plus community and those of us who believe in reproductive rights. We are sick and tired of you using your elected position to further your political aspirations and proselytize for your puppet master. In the past, Jessica Alexander has been in the national spotlight, dragging the good name of Temecula down to the level of a backwater hick town with her racist remarks and LGBTQ intolerance. Now she's at it again, dragging Temecula in that shameful spotlight with her overreaching attempt to turn the council chamber into a church congregation. Abortion is legal in California. Let me say that again for those of you who didn't hear it. Abortion is legal in California. California law allows for limited abortions before a fetus is viable and legally any time in the case of rape or incest. Abortion bans are dangerous and infringe upon a woman's rights and access to health care. Moreover, the First Amendment guarantees that the government cannot deprive people of their fundamental rights, which includes freedom of religion and freedom from religion, frequently known as separation of church and state. <laughs> Council Member Alexander, I think it's safe to say you would not consent to having a satanic Bible shoved up your uterus. So kindly reciprocate and don't shove a Bible in the uterus of every woman in Temecula, letting each woman decide what is best for her and her family as allowed by California law and the First Amendment. According to Proverbs 28.9, whoever turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Jessica, you are ignoring the California law, which makes you an abomination. Moreover, your Bible was written at a time when abortion was actually practiced, yet authors never directly address the issue. Eating shellfish, touching a pigskin, women wearing man's garments, an arrogant heart, and tattoos. <gasps> tattoos are all abominations, but crickets about abortion. So to the remaining city council members, please stop Alexander from trashing the city's dignity, wasting the city's time, costing the city millions in litigation for a battle that Temecula will surely lose. Stop her from chasing away tourists from our city and stop her from pushing her religion on the diverse citizens of Temecula. 
stop Jessica Alexander from making Temecula the laughing stock of California again. Thank you. Okay. So the next speaker is Simon Cooper. Okay. The mayor kept reprimanding the crowd. It happened at least three or four times. And now we are about to hear from a different point of view. My name is Simon Cooper, and I would like to express my strong support for Temecula becoming known as a sanctuary city for life. Not just a name, but an action, as it can be a huge opportunity to offer support and resources for people who are facing the reality of an unexpected pregnancy. We all know that the term pro-choice is a euphemism for being pro-abortion. And we also know that in the state of California, the law allows for a woman to choose the path of abortion. What I believe an official Sanctuary for Life resolution would do is empower women and couples to have the best possible understanding of what it means to choose life and to get educated and assisted by resources that can be made available to see how the choice of continuing all the way through with pregnancy can be a choice that consists of hope and comfort and encouragement, and most importantly, a blessing for the privilege of bringing a new life into the world. I know that there is a very large segment of the population in Temecula, despite all the noise that you're hearing, that wants people to have this choice. As a pastor here in this valley, I believe it is important for those who have influence and leadership, including and especially the city council, to create an atmosphere of love and respect for all lives. For some reason, the lives of the unborn have been under serious attack by those who dismiss them in the name of women's rights. Well, what about the rights of the unborn? What about the rights of unborn women? I ask you with all my heart and sincerity to show support for the unborn by approving a resolution for Temecula being a sanctuary city for life. I think... When it... When it comes down to it, this is babies we're talking about. This is, this is babies that we are talking about that deserve to be protected as citizens of this city. So not to interrupt Simon here, but this kept happening over and over and over again during the meeting, where people would refer to fetuses as babies. And I feel like that really that language really obfuscates the argument and creates like a sense of misinformation. It puts a late-term abortion slant on what is mostly happening very early in fetal development. And I just wanted to call this out while we're here. Go on, Simon. I hope that there's a lot of others that have been on the fence about this that will be willing to stand up and speak up on behalf of these babies like Miss Alexander. And I assume and hope that some of you will be doing so. Thank you for your time tonight. And just again, a reminder, please think of the babies and tune out the noise. When I first read that Jessica Alexander proposed the city of Temecula become a sanctuary city, I was red hot angry. First off, how do you turn your back on fellow women? We have fought for our rights and the equality for too long, and we aren't even there yet. Do not take away women's rights. Let's look at the word sanctuary for a minute. It is defined as a place of refuge or safety. 
Who are you keeping safe? Who's being forced to have abortions? Who's being forced anywhere in the U.S. or nearby? I don't fear for the unborn. I fear for our children that are already here. I'm sure Jessica Alexander liked being joked about on Stephen Colbert, but let's not bring the whole city down. Oh my God. Okay, so this is truly hilarious. In April of 2021, Colbert did a segment on his show. It was called Mask Holes Like Tucker Carlson Undermine Efforts to End the Pandemic. That is the keyword if you want to look it up, which I encourage you to do because it is very funny. But anyway, in this bit, Colbert is referencing Jessica Alexander during a Temecula City Council meeting. She's comparing her mask (laughs) activism to Rosa Parks. And I just want you to imagine the discomfort, the blank, I can't believe she's fucking saying this, discomfort on her fellow (laughs) council people's faces as she's saying this, because it is truly a sight. And the other city councilwoman actually takes herself off Zoom while she's doing this. So with that visual reference, enjoy the following clip. Welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to A Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks, If, like me, you're an American who has a face, we've got some great news. Early on, conservative activists who chose masks as a wedge issue to fire up their base, and their base continues to smolder about it. Take Temecula, California City Council member Jessica Alexander. Recently, the city council held a Zoom hearing in which Alexander went on an odd tangent about how being asked to wear a mask makes her feel. Look at Rosa Parks. She was accommodated in the back of the bus, but she finally took a stand and moved to the front because she knew that that wasn't lawful. It wasn't true. So she took a stand. I'm getting pushed to the back of the bus. This is what I'm telling you I feel like. I feel like I'm getting pushed to the back of the bus. Wow. Watching her compare herself to Rosa Parks really took away my appetite. I'm a lot like Gandhi that way. (laughs) It was so dumb. One of Alexander's fellow council members just couldn't take it. Check out the woman in the upper left-hand corner. Look at Rosa Parks. There she she is. She's, she's realizing where she this is going. She cannot believe what this woman is saying at the hearing. And she decides to get off that bus. <laughs> but she was not alone. Seconds later, this happened. I'm getting pushed to the back of the bus. This is what I'm telling you I feel like. I feel like I'm getting pushed to the back of the bus. What point in time do I come out and- <laughs> What was that? And rant. Anyway, moving on. The next comment came from Brian Nash, who actually found this to be a great opportunity to put in a little work for his own election campaign. What's up, Jess? We finally meet. I wasn't sure this day was going to happen, given you were such a coward with the Pride Month proclamation. Uh, but thanks for bringing us all together again. Uh, So I'm going to skip through all my fun jokes, sorry to disappoint you guys, and get right to the point. Jessica, you and your buddies already know how this ends. You get attention, a bunch of people get pissed, performative prayer circles, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) To all of you out there that are anti-abortion, please understand, this doesn't work. You're a small and ever-shrinking minority, but that doesn't mean that pro-choice people love abortions. I'd love to see a world where abortion was less necessary but that would seriously require changes to support all these new babies, many of which you also oppose, such as funding for WIC, universal pre-K, 
and other programs that talking heads tell you to hate. But the reality is this is about controlling people and making it impossible for people to get ahead. It's time to take out the trash. Vote Brian Nash for California State Senate, and I fully support a recall of Jessica Alexander. So the next speaker is Christine Moreno. After Christine Moreno is Jennifer Gasick. Gasick? Can you hear me? Mayor, distinguished board members. I'm sorry you're wrong. I stand with my fellow supporters in the fact that I am gonna be with my granddaughter and my daughter, and I'm gonna teach them our constitution and that we have the right to choose. Do not take that right away from me. Do not take that right away from us women. Please, please. This is my first time ever speaking, and I want to stand here today and show my daughters that they have the right. My husband is learning that we have the rights. And he stood up for me and he said, you know what? I was wrong. And he gave me the biggest hug and he said, you choose to stand. I stand with all women. We have that right. Do not take that right away from us. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, no city council meeting would be complete if we didn't take a just complete detour for a second and get the rambling thoughts of a conspiracy theorist. I do not want Temecula to become a smart city, which agreed to by 2030. This is very dangerous. Uh, it's part of the Great Reset and uh, it's part of the evil globalist establishment technocratic elite agenda. Here's what globalism is. Anyways, this is a prequel to China's 24-7 monitoring of social credit scores and its super tyranny mode like in Australia. Some of the major issues with smart cities, there's going to be more radiation. It's going to be difficult for business uh, case for implantation. There's going to be excess network trust. There's going to be limited privacy. The use of security cameras and AI connected through the different spaces make it difficult to maintain um, an anonymity. Te te technologies such as facial uh, recognition drastically changed to concept to personal privacy. Social control, which the military industrial complex is already using via their directed electromagnetic energy weapons. And yes, I'm a targeted individual. And they can, well, part of this 20, they're going to be able to control, frighten, and manipulate public opinion even more. Uh, they're going to depend on uh, technology and service companies. Uh, real estate's going to go up. We don't have to comply. Whatever Gavin Newsom says, we don't have to do it. Because look, uh, in this fallen nation, right now, blue cities, they can do whatever they want. They get away with it. They're accepted. So we don't have to comply with what he says. Anyway, just remember Kyrie Irving. He lost $100 million for what he stood up for. Anyways, I'm going to talk about 10 crazy things the globalists say about themselves in, the, in this book. Uh, this is the number one seller, by the way. It's top ten. Uh, they're penetrating world government. Uh, might one day use sound waves to control behavior people. One day you'll take pills containing microchips. Praise the massive COVID lockdowns. Put chips in your clothing. 
possibility of implantation of smartphones in your body by 2030. They have actually said this in the World Economic Forum. And they say the future, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. And second, I like to say, do not make Temecula to be a sanctuary city. The, yes, the good, hardworking people come, but they also raise congestion and competition. And we don't have unlimited lands and resources and jobs. And um, this is not fair for the poor and the homeless and the middle class. Remember this blue cooler? This is what organ harvesting, they put it in here. Just, just think of this when you, if you want to do that. And then lastly, I really appreciate um, if ambulances and firefighters cannot use their loud sirens at night because it wakes up the elderly. Um, I appreciate if they can just use it as needed. In North County, San Diego, they used it just lights and Sir, your sirens only as needed. Thank you. All right, thank you. I'm not saying he's wrong. There might be some salient points in there. Uh, I'm not saying he's right either, but it's just not the time. Read the room, buddy. Everyone in here is irate about abortion. We're not talking about smart cities. <laughs> Save it for the next meeting. <laughs> your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, privates. Boo, boo, privates with penises. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self-pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure, and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are. Anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. You define your luxury moment. And I just want to say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes, and in the meantime, you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time. So you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10 
And it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a fleshlight and get yourself off. And now we are back to an outraged public comment from a pro-choice point of view, which I would say was the perspective that about 75% of the commenters held. I'm still mind-boggled even having this conversation in California. (laughs) So first, I'm just going to start with a few questions that if this does go ahead as you're intended, what things we're going to solve. You know, for instance, if a woman becomes pregnant, she's a single mother, is the city going to offer paid paternity leave for that mother? Are we going to lower the cost of formula? Sorry, we couldn't get that in Temecula. Um, Are we going to lower the cost of diapers or other essentials for these mothers? If miscarriage, for instance, is also on the docket with abortion becoming illegal, if a woman is in a relationship, unfortunately filled with domestic violence, and that woman is beaten and suffers a miscarriage, who goes to jail for that? The abuser or the woman who had the miscarriage? I myself lost a very vital organ at a very young age to a very, very rare tumor. I have one kidney. I got pregnant and was very lucky to have my beautiful son. However, there was a chance that that could have taken my life. At what point does the city decide if my life is more important or if this collection of cells at six weeks is more important than my life? And I have my beautiful son. Say, God forbid, I get pregnant again. And that child, unfortunately, has some sort of medical abnormality that could kill me and them. Is the city going then to take care of my son that I already have? No? We could go on and on about this. Assault victims. You're going to force a child who is a victim of rape or assault to carry a baby when they've been through enough trauma instead of hoping that they can move forward with a regular life as much as possible? No. If your thing is about late-term abortions, things like that, less than 1% of abortions are in the third trimester, and those are generally due to fetal abnormalities. At the end of the day, everyone can stand here and say their reasonings, but at the end of the day, the city council's role is to exercise the power of city government, such as budget, tax levies, council agenda, sewer and water rates. It is not their business to put laws on my body, my uterus, or basic health care for anyone in this city when it's legal in California. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And the last speaker for this section, the last speaker for public comments on non-agendized items is Melanie Roth. Thank you to the city council members and the good citizens of Temecula. Stripping a person of their basic freedom and right to bodily autonomy is oppression. The government dictating what a certain class of people can or cannot do with their own physical health and well-being is oppression. Furthermore, this proposal of oppression is jumping before the gunshot has gone off. Come November, the people of the great state of California will get to decide and vote on how they stand on the subject of abortion. This asinine proposal will only create unnecessary litigation for the city of Temecula. 
I personally do not support the city wasting my tax dollars when we will inevitably be sued because we are banning a right that is protected in the state of California. The city needs to get down to serious city business. You need to continue to support our schools, our police department, our fire, and other public services. We cannot end abortion. We can only end safe abortion. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, that, excuse me, excuse me. Mr. Mayor, that concludes public comments on non-agendized items. And now Jessica Alexander gets a chance to explain what the fuck is going on. And she has three minutes to do so. So I think we open it up first to uh, Councilmember Alexander, and you have uh, three minutes to uh, speak. Before we start that, can somebody please start the video with uh, no sound? I'd appreciate that. This video that she's talking about is a video of magnified images of fetuses during different stages of fetal development. So obviously they look huge, (laughs) even though they are microscopic in the earlier stages, they look huge. And that is a very common pro-life tactic. So imagine that playing throughout her entire speech here. Okay. Governor Newsom, excuse me, Governor Newsom has forced California, which includes our city Temecula, to be a sanctuary state for abortion. It is our duty as city council members to uphold the oath we took to the Constitution and protect the rights of our citizens seen and unseen. I am asking this body today to create a resolution that affirms Temecula stands for life from conception to natural death. Contrary to the misinformation that has been created, I am not here to make a law. I am here asking for a resolution to be made to let everyone know where we stand. As we know, the basic definition of a resolution is to state what we stand firm on. It is our duty as city council members to set the standard for what our city stands for. Ronald Reagan said it best, protecting the rights of even the least individual among us is basically the only excuse the government has for existing. Our Declaration of Independence declares, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All people have the right to life. This is inalienable. Agree with the governor and his statewide abortion mandates, 13 of them just passed today, places our city in jeopardy. It has been proven that abortions cause many women, men, and families great harm. According to the testimony of women and men who have participated in an abortion, they have suffered from psychological, emotional, physical, spiritual, relational damage, sometimes seen lasting a lifetime. This type of damage will greatly affect our community as a whole. As we have heard from expert testimony at our last city council meeting, human slavery, which we know as sex trafficking, is and will be on the rise in our state. 
and more importantly, Temecula. Studies have shown that easy access to abortions increase human slavery, which contribute to crime, which has the capability of destroying our city. Science has proven that human, be uh, human life begins at conception. At that moment, the human life just became our unborn neighbor. And Gavin Newsom stated on his abortion billboards, we are to love our neighbors as ourselves." And as a city council member, we are called to protect the public. What greater love can we show than to fight for the sanctity of life of the most helpless and innocent, which are our unborn neighbors? By creating this resolution, please hold on. By creating this resolution, we are taking a stand for life. Excuse me. Stop. That's enough. All right. Come on. Stop. Be respectful of people. <laughs> this upholds. We can sit here. By creating this resolution, we are taking a stand for life and holding it up sacred. This upholds the foundation for what Temecula has stood for and has been built upon which is our residents and their safety. The governor is forcing Temecula to be complicit with this genocide. Let this world know that Temecula stands for life at conception. This is a child's basic right to life. If we as a city do not disagree or stand against these statues, bloods will be on our hands. We need to set ourselves apart, excuse me, we need to set ourselves apart and stand against bills such as AB 1666 and AB 2223. These types of bills will not only destroy our city, but they will destroy humanity. Okay. Needless to say, a little bit disappointed um, with the uh, with the room here. And the mayor is back to keep the crowd in check with a stern reprimand. I'm sure it's totally a coincidence, but it does have patriarchal notes. There are some daddy vibes here. Um, I understand the uh, the passion. Uh, I, I certainly do, but uh, you know, it's the prerogative of the city council to have a discussion in the way that we so choose. And the interruptions, the, the hooting and the hollering. So now there's another round of public comments. These are maybe slightly more split than the first round. The first round was probably 75 or 80 percent pro-choice. And the second round is maybe more like 60-40. The first public comment is from Shalini Renfro to be followed by Haley Garcia. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of the City Council. My name is Shalini Renfro, and I'm a resident of Temecula. And as you can probably tell, I'm a woman, and I'm currently pregnant. For months, I have felt my son's hiccups, kicks, and rolls. I do not hiccup when my son hiccups. I do not kick when he kicks. 
These are movements that his, his body makes completely independently of mine. My name is Haley Garcia. I came tonight to address Ms. Alexander's proposition to ban abortions in our city. How many of you tonight in the council or in the audience are currently parents raising children? If so, you know that our children are legally considered minors because they're not mentally, emotionally, or physically mature or experienced enough to participate in adult activities. Teenagers are especially not mature enough to become parents. Ms. Alexander's bill will result in forcing minors who unintentionally get pregnant to rise to the responsibility of parenthood. I'm not here to debate the ability of minors to engage in premarital sex. I wish the world was as simple as children wouldn't be parents if they didn't engage in premarital sex, but it isn't. Premarital sex is sometimes, it isn't a choice. Pregnancy sometimes isn't a choice, and we live in a society, in a reality where rape and sexual assaults are a reality faced by young girls. According to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, one in every four girls are sexually assaulted before the time they reach age 18. Despite this, some Temecula citizens insist that anyone who's pregnant must deliver the baby if they can, including this council. Teenage girls who are impregnated by their rapists will be forced to carry the child to term, which is nine months. Ms. Alexander, is this the safe haven that you proposed? I am not here to tell people to get an abortion. I am here to urge our city to put the choice in the hands of the people and not in the government or the city council's hands. It's just not your guys' place to even touch that subject. This is not the Supreme Court. This is a city council. And our state attorney general sent a letter to you guys on September 23rd stating that if you continue to go through with this, we will be met with a lawsuit. And frankly, we have much bigger things to worry about, like the fentanyl epidemic running rampant amongst our youth. Jessica, you said that you wanted Temecula to be a safe haven for abortions. But you cannot provide refuge for something that is not being forced upon people. Instead, you are trying to force birth upon young women. Lastly, your religious views should not be influencing your political decisions. And if they are, because clearly they are, you need to step down from your position immediately. Your religious ideologies are just that your religious ideologies. And currently we have over 4,000 children in our foster care system in Riverside County alone. And only 3% of those children will be getting a college degree. We clearly need to be putting our efforts towards the children that are here with us today, now, breathing. But maybe I'm not making myself clear because I'm not speaking in your terms. So let me leave you with a scripture from your own Bible. Titus 3.9, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. So I ask you this, why are you so hell-bent on controlling my life and my body when your own God tells you to mind your own business? Thank you. Women are 51% of the population. Not every woman is pro-choice, but not every woman is getting an abortion. It's a choice. I've lived in Temecula for over 20 years. I have raised daughters, and I'm here because eventually I hope to have granddaughters. I'm a college professor of history, women's history, and I do teach the history of abortion in the United States. I'm also a PhD student in comparative 
religious theory. I think I have a pretty good grip on this. Who is this going to affect is really what you have to think about. It's not going to affect most of our upper middle class families. If they need an abortion, they'll just drive out of town. Drive to San Diego, drive to Riverside, not a big deal. It's going to affect the low income, the very low income, the teenagers. I have a simple message from a very important group of people who ironically we have not yet heard from on this issue. So please consider this as you vote for or against. It's not about one of you. It's not about one of us. It's about these little guys. This is called Be My Voice. Okay, it's poem time. <laughs> they say that I'm not human, and they speak it as though it were true. But before I formed you in the womb, my God said, I knew you. Behold, children, a gift from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. But something's gone wrong. This wasn't God's plan. They're using the word abort. Okay, another man with an interesting perspective here. The government can never replace the family, and the government can never replace the father. Abortion and fatherlessness are in a vicious circle. Abortion leads to fatherlessness, and fatherlessness leads to abortion. This is extremely destructive to any society. Okay, I am not on board with this argument, because one of the major reasons I got an abortion was... Because I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a terrible dad, probably a deadbeat dad. And I don't think abortion leads to fatherlessness. I think sometimes abortion prevents fatherlessness. Anyway, whatever. This is a baby elephant in utero, not a clump of cells. Baby dolphin in utero, not a tumor. Baby cheetah in utero, let's keep this one. Baby polar bears, not clumps of cells. Here's a baby chihuahua puppy, man's best friend. Baby human in utero, also worthy of life. Civil rights movements have always been about expanding the freedom for those whom are, whom are worthy of life, dignity, and due process. From freed slaves to Native Americans to women and other minorities and now to the unborn. I promised I would bring you the highlights, and this is a highlight. <laughs> I'm not going to fact check any of this, and I think this is a strange use of civil rights for an unborn fetus, but here we are. You don't like gay marriages, don't get one. You don't support abortion, don't get one. You need to keep your personal opinions and beliefs out of other people's lives. There is a rule in America that says there's separation of church and state. So keep your church and religion out of city politics. This is America, land of the free. Let's keep it that way. The life in the mom's womb is, is not really an organ or a part of her body. It's her child. The psalmist writes, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that really is the essence of this discussion. Thank you. Thank you. It's not about all the issues that were being spoken of earlier. That has nothing to do with what this is about. This is regarding this city being a sanctuary city for the unborn. Um, I heard people talk about, you know, teenagers and, 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 and rape and, and things of that nature. That does happen. Um, and... What a beautiful thing to have this city for them to come to as a place where they would feel like, you know, they could have a choice. 
Okay, notice the use of choice there, where there is actually no choice involved. This is a pro-life argument co-opting the word choice, just to use in a way that is nonsensical in this argument. That concludes the 30 minutes of in-person time. It's important to note for the record that as of 3 p.m. today, we have received 122 emails. Out of those, 122, 84% opposed placement, 20, um, 16% supported placement. I have gotten, since I've been here, a few more emails. All of those emails will be um, made a part of the official record and available with the final agenda packet. Thank you. All right, so we go on to a council discussion on this issue. Okay, we are now at the point where the other council people, the mayor, the mayor pro tem, all get to have a discussion and kind of let Jessica Alexander know where they're at on the issue. Again, this was much longer in reality. If you want to see the whole video, you can check out the Temecula City Council YouTube channel. But these are just the highlights. And this is uh, my statement to you, Councilmember Alexander. So you continually misunderstand your role here on the council. I'm frustrated that all of us here received the same email communications from which overwhelmingly 84% rejected your resolution. And we all sat here and listened to people speak in opposition to your resolution tonight. And still, you've chosen to ignore them completely. It's clear to me that you think your role on the council is to serve yourself, your career, your church, your pastor, and your political party before you serve your constituents in the city of Temecula. After the last council meeting when you proposed this, you took time out of your day to go to uh, the 412 church and speak. You were introduced as a city of Temecula council member. And the goal of that visit, it seems, is to draw attention to you and this resolution tonight. I did plan on showing the video of you speaking, but in, uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to dispense with that. I'll summarize. In that video, you asked everyone to stand. You asked them to put on their armor. And you said, quote, using the spirit of God to be able to protect you, guide you, to destroy the enemy. So I ask you, who's the enemy? Is it me? Is it Marianne? Stu? Matt? City staff? Everyone sitting here, Temecula residents, people that spoke out against you, are we the enemy? It feels like to me, just like our last meeting, that you have deliberately attempted to overwhelm the council, pack the chambers, and flood our inboxes in an effort to control the narrative and intimidate the balance of the council. Another example of your utter disregard for the rest of us, our time and the city's resources and our constituents. What we all have seen here tonight is an organic demonstration by our community to push back against your resolution. We didn't speak at events or start email campaigns or ask people to sign petitions. You brought these people here. Your actions brought all these people here tonight. If the letter from the Attorney General weren't enough, I would take this packed house and the conference center and the breezeway and the hundreds of emails in opposition to this as a clue your view does not represent Temecula as a whole. Clearly it doesn't. The community is diverse. The community is a diverse community with different beliefs, just like I said on the outset. The next thing I'd like to talk about is just as concerning. You, a former Marine and former NYPD officer, should know the oath of office we took. And it states, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of California against all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
and that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California, that I take this obligation freely, without mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and I will well and faithfully discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter. Additionally, you've been quoted as saying that you took an oath to protect Temecula's residents from harm, foreign and domestic. You're changing the oath you took. You might be willing to break this oath, but I will not. In a press release sent by Tim Thompson's Watch 412 Church website, you dismissed the letter, the one we received from the Attorney General, as threatening and a continuation of California government's tyrannical insistence on silencing opposing viewpoints. So let's talk about opposing viewpoints. Aren't you doing the very same thing to an astounding number of people who oppose your resolution by continuing to attempt to push it forward? Do they not matter? Do you just think you can shut down their viewpoints? Many of the comments here tonight oppose your viewpoints. Do we just dismiss them? So why are we here? I think that you believe that bringing us up in the midst of an election will hurt myself, Councilmember Edwards, and Mayor Ron. You think we need to take a stand and declare uh, which side we're on. Maybe some people will, and that's okay. Much like getting called out at the last meeting by your pastor about my faith or my lack of faith, as it was insinuated, our personal lives, beliefs, and agendas should not seep into our roles as council members. We all have personal lives, and I, for one, don't bring that personal life here to the dais. Look at the balance of this agenda. Look at it. It's important items that help the city continue to run smoothly. It's the business of the city. Now let's turn our attention to the city we love. It's really concerning that you'd be willing to put the city at risk for lawsuits, creating more headlines from Southern California and beyond, and the city's being mocked on late night television. Now we have potential tourists, businesses, and residents turning away from Temecula because of your unwelcoming, threatening, and personal grandstanding with irresponsible resolutions. We're already seeing the damage your bombastic words are doing to our city, and I believe it will have a lasting negative impact on our city, both as a place to visit and ultimately economically. Councilmember Alexander, you may serve your God, and I'll be the first in line to defend your right to do so, but your responsibility here in these chambers is to serve the residents and do the business of Temecula, not the business of Jessica Alexander, your religion, Tim Thompson, or the 412 Church. Do that on your own time and stop wasting our time. Okay, uh, Miss e Edwards. Well, to me, Temecula is a sanctuary city without using it in the legal sense, which will cause us to be sued by the state of California. And I don't want to go there. But here's what Temecula does. We provide safe havens for people to get counseling and support and tangible materials, diapers, formula, counseling, blankets, furniture, pajamas for newborns, for mothers who are in trouble or who have been um, you know, abandoned by their families. The city of Temecula has been funding birth choice for a number of years. You probably didn't know that. Along with birth choice, the city also funds Safe Alternatives for Everyone, Rancho Domicidas, 
Rose Again Foundation for Foster Children, and our churches provide emergency shelter, food, clothing, and members of churches even take in young mothers who have been abandoned by their families or who are in trouble and need help. If that isn't a sanctuary city, I don't know what is. But words mean things. And in the mind of the Attorney General of California, and I have a copy of the letter that we can put up and actually show you, in the mind of the Attorney General of California, what we used to say when I was a kid, them's fighting words. And they are. And here's why. He outlines it in the third paragraph. California legislature and California Supreme Court have declared time and again that California is a reproductive freedom state and that Californians have a right to access abortion. In 1981, the California Supreme Court held that all women in this state, rich and poor alike, possess a fundamental constitutional right to choose whether or not to bear a child. And then I'll, I'll skip down. It says, legislature forbids the state and every county, city, town, and municipal corporation in the state from interfering with a woman's right to choose to bear a child or to obtain an abortion. So finally, in the closing paragraph, and this is it, any attempt by the city of Temecula to limit an individual's ability to exercise their right to reproductive choice and bodily autonomy would be a violation of state law. California's attorney general takes seriously his obligation to protect Californians' right to reproductive freedom. Our office will not hesitate to take legal action should a local regulation conflict with California state law. And in the mind of the Attorney General, words mean things. And Sanctuary City, we know that's been bantied around for quite some time. Not necessarily about this topic, but about other topics. Immigration, uh, you know, certain protections. Sanctuary City for the homeless. And we have heard that. And it means something. And again, I say, I think Temecula is a sanctuary city because we're here to help whenever we can. People are wonderful. People are caring. Services are available. Temecula is the 13th safest city in the country. And that's for a reason, because we work hard at it. So in this case, I have to consider what the Attorney General tells me. Now, Marianne, aren't you a Christian? I am. And I happen to be pro-life. And I support birth choice, and I have. Tom and I have supported birth choice for a number of years every year with financial help. And that cannot enter into my decision on this council. I am here to represent residents. I'm here to represent residents, and I've lived here 34 years. So I've been in Temecula since before it was a city. And I see how much people care about everything. And we do. We love our neighbors. We're diverse. We don't care what color they are. We don't care how old they are. If they need help, we give them help. But when you take that oath of office, and you just heard Mayor Pro Tem Schwenk read that oath of office, I swore to uphold the Constitution of the state of California. Do I love the Constitution of the state of California? No, not always. I think California is, has some very, very serious problems, um, and one of them is trying to remove local control. 
But in this case, there is no local control, and the Attorney General has made that very clear. Would you ask me to break the law? Because that's what's happening. We're being asked to break the law, not at our own expense, but at the expense of the city that we are here to protect and serve. And there's a difference. So don't ask us to break the law. Those of us who respect the oath of office won't be able to do it. Those of us who are pro-choice or pro-life will still be able to go on and support the organizations that we choose. Nothing will change. And we are, as I said earlier, we are not going to change this dispute through laws. As hard as it is to fight the state of California and many other states, this is not going to be changed through laws. This is going to be changed through the hearts and minds of people. And there are so many times when women need to seek medical help. If they're in danger, if they have a bad pregnancy, I'm a mother of three. I had two pregnancies. Now, you can figure, I had three children and two pregnancies. Yes, I had twins. So I know what it's like from beginning to the middle, you know, and we're not at the end yet. You're never, um, you're never not a mother, even when your kids are in their 30s and, oh, help me, I can't believe it, but 40. So you're never not a mother, and we feel that. We have to find a way to provide support for those women who find themselves in life-threatening situations or who have been violated or trafficked or whatever. We've got to find a way to solve that problem. And it cannot be forced on anyone, even through the law. And you and I both know, as horrible as it is, if laws prohibit something, the people who need help are going to find a way to get around the law. So it's not going to solve the problem. What we need to work doubly hard at is working with people, loving people. That's, that's our greatest gift, is to love each other. And loving people and supporting people when they need help. So I will continue to support these wonderful organizations that do so much in Temecula. I mean, doing these things or providing these services is not the business of the city, and it shouldn't be. But we support those organizations that provide these services, and people take advantage of them, and we want that to continue to happen. But when I put this hat on, I must uphold the oath that I took, the oath of office to uphold the Constitution, whether I agree with it or not. And I said there are a lot of things about California that I don't agree with. So that is where I stand right now. We can continue to keep Temecula as a sanctuary city without labeling that in the legal sense of the word. Continue giving, continue caring. You know, don't wall yourself off so much that you're not willing to listen or talk or, you know, have compassion or sympathize. So that's where I stand right now. I will honor my oath, and I will continue to support those organizations that are wonderful. And in my mind, we have the most wonderful city in the country, safest, most beautiful, wonderful people, great churches, great services. I think Temecula is a safe haven for everyone. I really like Marianne's perspective, acknowledging that she is pro-life in her real life, but she's also acknowledging that this is really not the right place to force that on other people and that the real 
work in changing minds on this is is changing their hearts. And that's actually a pro-choice point of view, even though she's saying she is personally pro-life. That's the kind of pro-life I can get behind. My biggest thing is, Marianne, is I kept hearing you say, the reason why you're not going for this is because it's against the law. We are city council members, and we have the right to stand on truth. We have the right to stand for these babies. You think that's funny? No, I'm being serious. No. These are children. This is what they look like at 21 weeks old. 21 weeks. Our governor just put in 13 laws that is going to bring in, somebody spoke about tax dollars in here. They're on AB 1666. We are now considered Temecula a sanctuary abortion state, which means Temecula is, yes, we are now a sanctuary abortion state, which means we are now a sanctuary abortion city. That's where we stand with Governor Newsom if we do not oppose this. Is that what we want to be called? Because that's who we are. The rest of the United States of 49 states are looking at us and they're saying, you, Temecula, you, California, are going to take the babies, bring them to California, because that's what they're doing. They're going to take them from states that are not allowing abortions, take them to here. They're going to increase right now the amount of abortion clinics and the, the help to be able to do that with our tax dollars. And if you don't know this, it's true. They're going to use our tax dollars. Excuse me. Hold on. They're going to use your tax dollars, my tax dollars, for her abortion, for her plane flight. If she has children at home, we are now going to be paying for their child care. If we also are going to end up paying for any travel expenses. I don't know about anybody here, but I do not want to be paying for that. Oh, this is so rich. She doesn't want to pay for travel, for people to travel to get abortions. How are we supposed to believe that she is actually going to want to pay once they're children? This is so telling. I do not want Temecula to be known as a dark abortion state. So... Please. So getting back, if the only concern here, or the biggest concern is a lawsuit, that's off the table. I already spoke to the city attorney. Am I correct? Would there be a lawsuit if we create a resolution? It would depend on what's in the resolution. Absolutely. That's a big if. Yes. So why not bring it and see if we can create a sanctuary city for Temecula's unborn? Okay, please, folks, please. Thank you. All I'm saying here at this point in time, we have a choice. Are you either going to stand? Folks, hey. Come on. Let me explain something to you, everybody here. I work day in and day out with women and men who have to face crisis pregnancies and sit at my table every day. Yes. So let let me explain something to you. I sit and love these women every day, and they have the choice. But do we stand for death here in our city? And guess what? We're going to have to, at some point in time, meet our maker, whether or not you're Christian or not, and believe in Jesus Christ. We're going to have to meet our maker and say that we either chose to stand with him or against him. Because you know, excuse me, because these, 
These babies are his. No, shame on you. This is a baby. This is a baby. Hey. Hey. Uh, more baby, baby, baby rhetoric. When we are talking about early-term abortion, we are not talking about babies. We are talking about fetuses. I think what you're talking about is the wrong level of government for this. We, yeah. we, that's not our job to um, solve an issue much bigger than the city of Temecula. I mean, this is, you're talking probably the biggest issue on the planet. Mm -hmm. And what our job is, is to fix the roads, to have enough cops on the street, to protect our citizens. And that's, that's the problem I'm, I'm having with this whole thing is you need to be talking at a much higher level. What you're doing here is a paper tiger. It literally has no, uh, no right. impact. You know, other than a mental one, and that would probably just be for a few people who think this is a great idea. But I think for the majority, as we saw from the email comments, there were 84% or 7%, whatever it was, that is, is not in favor of this. So, so that's where I'm having an issue is I just don't see the relevance of what you're suggesting, how that is going to save anything because the abortion clinic's not going to go away. That's not going to happen. So, so really, and like Marianne was saying, this is more of a heart issue. Until you can convince, and that's what you do for your living, that's your job, is actually when you get those women in there, you give them a sonogram, and you basically show them their heartbeat, and they, they make a decision based on that. And that's why they end up, a lot of them, you told me, 80%, uh, choose to carry the baby to term. So that's your job. And I also support your business. So, so I totally agree with a lot you say, except for making the city of Temecula the forerunner for something that has no, uh, we have no relevance. We, we can't impact anything. And we're just putting a giant target on our back. And, and I don't like that because it's, to me, it's a completely pointless venture. Okay. And we're on to the mayor. The mayor is very blustery, so this is a cut down, but these are the bullet points of, of what he had to say. I'm, I'm also pro-life. Uh, I've also supported birth choice. The work you've done is, uh, is remarkable. The community that surrounds you and allows you to provide the services to expectant mothers and, and, the, and the diapers and the formula and the things that, uh, that come out of that, that is, a, that is a benefit to our community. And so I applaud you being able to, to provide those kind of services, but there's a lot to unpack here. Now, let me explain to you a couple of issues that I think uh, need to be addressed. First is, I think we need a very clear understanding of what a sanctuary means for Temecula, and we don't have that. Part of the reason we don't have that is because the process, unfortunately, didn't play out the way it normally plays out within the city. We were a little bit blindsided at our last meeting with this because we didn't know it was coming. We had you know, a bunch of speakers lined up to talk about an issue, and we didn't have the opportunity to have a conversation with the city attorney or city manager's office or anybody else to say, where are the guardrails in California? Where is our authority? What can we do as a community if we chose to do something to move this forward? So that's one of the things that I would like clarity on, and I know I'm not asking you to do it right now because, because that's not what we're here for tonight right? 
uh, we're here to decide what to, whether to move this item forward. But that's the challenge of the position we've been put in, as we have no clarity on what we're talking about. The one other thing that we still don't have clarity on, and it was brought up several times tonight, uh, was, was your employment, right? We all have some form of employment, something we do. Stu, if you brought forward a resolution on you know, barbershops in Temecula that in some way advantaged barbershop businesses, uh, even though it may be completely benign, it would be perceived as a conflict of interest because of your employment, because of your business ownership. Um, Marianne, when you worked with the uh, Boys and Girls Club, Boys and Girls Club you know, you would keep, you would stay away from items related to Boys and Girls Club because of that perceived conflict. Even if it was just such a good thing to help the Boys and Girls Club, and it's something we all do in this, in this council, we all support them, we all love them dearly and the work they provide, but you would still have to recuse yourself from that because mm -hmm. of that conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I don't have any clarity on either is, does your employment create a conflict of interest for you bringing this item forward? I think the conflict of interest thing is a very legit point to bring up. I don't think that it should prohibit her involvement. Like we all have opinions, we all have causes, but I think about this a lot in terms of journalism and et cetera, and like a conflict of interest does need to be disclosed in a way that I haven't seen her do on any of the city council meetings that I've watched. And it is a totally valid point for the mayor to bring up. And drumroll, please, we have made it to the final vote. I have a 4-1 vote with Councilmember Alexander voting nay to not place this on the agenda. Okay, yeah, not moving forward at this time. This might be revisited in the future, in which case I will give you an update, but thank God. <laughs> the City Council of Temecula knew their place, decided not to move forward with this. Maybe it was the state attorney general's threat that made this a four to one vote. But yeah, I mean, this is wild that this is happening in California on the local level. I think it is straight out of the conservative playbook. And that's why I wanted to bring you guys this episode and let you know what's happening out there. If you are wanting to protect abortion rights, you also have to be involved. You have to like have this on your radar. And when you see that a local body or somebody is out there trying to overreach on this issue, you gotta get out there and you gotta be loud. Just like these people at the city council meeting where they showed up, they emailed, so get out there, privates, make a difference in your local communities, use your voice, and thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Private Parts Unknown. To stay up on all of our episodes, make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player. We also like to stay in touch in between episodes via Substack, so subscribe to the newsletter at privatepartsunknown.com substack.com. We made it super handy. The link is in the episode description. And make sure to follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. Shout out to Amy Rausch for the bomb ass theme music. For more about Amy and her music, check out amyrausch.com. That's Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H.com. 
This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda of Plastic Audio. I love you, Mike. And since you made it this far and you learned a lot, could I ask you for a quick favor? All you have to do is go to ratethispodcast.com slash private. Give us a quick five-star rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. It makes the show look legit and it makes me feel really good. So again, all you have to do is go to ratethispodcast.com slash private. Or if you're listening on Spotify, it's super easy. You just go up to the upper left-hand corner of the Private Parts Unknown page. You click that little star button, and then you click all five stars. And you've officially made my day. Thank you so much. Until next time, I am wishing you lots of horniness and happiness, and of course, safe abortion access. 